Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Food No Tea. We're your hosts, Latricia Nicole. And I'm Siobhan W. Hey, everybody. Hello again. Good people. (laughs) So (laughs) this month, the month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we are going to speak a little bit about domestic violence awareness. Right. And I just want to start off the episode by saying that if you or someone you know are victim to domestic violence, please reach out, get help to whomever that you feel comfortable and safe with doing so. You know, you don't have to uh, suffer in silence. There's so many um, clear and safe avenues that you can take to where you don't have to... um, be in that situation they're safe rocks for you so yeah correct that is absolutely correct so diving into the episode um what exactly is domestic violence well domestic violence is abuse and not just physical abuse is physical as well as verbal mental spiritual, just anything that can, you know, just suck the life out of you, so to say, you know, and a lot of times we, we think of domestic violence as someone putting their hands on you. But what we don't realize is that someone attacking you with their, with their words is just as harmful because that leaves a lasting imprint in your mind for, for God knows how long, you know? So, It's just not physical. It's just so much more to domestic violence to it. And it's not just something that women are a victim of. uh, Men are victims of domestic violence as well. That's absolutely correct. That is correct. And like Siobhan pointed out, uh, like different forms of domestic violence, Um, not in all instances, but in some instances, because we tend to only associate domestic violence with physical abuse, it oftentimes starts as verbal or mental abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's red flags that we either don't know to look for, or we society has normalized a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So we might think, you know, oh, he or she said this to me and that's normal. Right, right. And that's normally the the beginning of a tumultuous situation. Right. And I remember being a young girl and my mom telling me that um, don't ever let anyone call me out of my name or, you know, say any kind of derogatory statement to me, like any man, boy, whomever, because that's usually the first step or the first sign of something that can turn, you know, tragic or, you know, whatever. So she she taught me that at a very young age and that always stuck with me. Like, I will always and forever remember that. And, you know, I teach my kids that I don't have any girls, but I teach my boys that too, because you don't that's verbal abuse and nobody has to deal with that. And like she said, that's often the first sign of them putting your hands on you. If, right. like, if they can call you out your name, don't think they're not, you know, 
don't think that they won't put your hands on you. Matter of fact, that's what she told me. Don't think that they won't put their hands on you either. Definitely. If they can go that far and that be that bold, then no telling what they're capable of doing. And that's why even to this day, like I just realized it because you were saying how society normalizes certain things and certain words. But that's why, you know how women call each other female dogs? Like I cannot do that. I cannot <laughs> sit up here and be like, hey, B. Like, <laughs> and imagine me and Siobhan being friends. Cause <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and I just realized that's probably why. Like I know you know, women say it's like, it's like a term of endearment. I get it. But it's like, to me, like, I, I like, nah, I, right. I don't feel comfortable saying it. But that's because of what my mama taught me, like, early on. Right. But it makes sense to you now. But, yeah, but if you are in that kind of a situation, man, just... Right. Like, especially if it's early on, you know, I know... Love is blind. It'll take over your mind, you know, like Eve said. But in certain situations, you really have to ask yourself, and it can be a tough question. It seems easy, but it can be a tough question. Who do you love more, yourself or that person or that feeling that you get when they're doing right? It's definitely, you know? you de- in, in those situations, you have to look at, the feeling more than anything Mm -hmm. how do you feel when they're quote-unquote doing right and definitely Mm -hmm. how do they feel how do how are they making you feel when they're in that moment because I'll tell you um I was in a abuse an abusive relationship um for quite some time I actually was married um and it definitely started off with a quote unquote argument. The voices became elevated and then <laughs> but that was normal. Oh, don't make a big deal about that. Everybody argues. Nobody's perfect. Everybody argues. Okay. The first time it turned physical, it was a shove. So here are the signs you have to look for because somebody that's narcissistic and that has abusive behaviors will tell you I just push you I ain't do nothing to you Mm. that didn't hurt you and you always have to look at what are you doing if you have to lie to cover up somebody else's behavior that should be a red flag to you even if you get nobody can tell you as dangerous as the situation is I can tell you this from personal experience nobody can tell you when, when you need to leave in fact, what I know from personal experience is somebody else trying to force you to leave can sometimes sometimes make the situation worse mm. um, because it has to be something that you want to do. I distinctly remember my, my oldest son was a little kid and I ended up with bruised ribs and I went to the hospital and I told, obviously, they're going to ask you, what were you doing? How did this happen? And I remember telling the nurse, the nurse that was doing the triage, like before they take you to the back, I was like, oh, my baby leaves toys all over the floor. And I um, tripped over one of his dump trucks and the drawer was open. Like I literally had like this extensive story. I was like, I tripped over one of his dump trucks. The drawer was open and I fell over the drawer. And I'll never forget. And I'm talking about my baby is 18. So this probably was about 
16, 17 years ago, the look on a lady's face was like, girl, you are full of SHIT. Mm. And when a doctor came in, the doctor was like, obviously they had discussed the situation. So they get me to the back of the room and the doctor comes in and he was like, um, so I heard you took a, a pretty bad tumble over a, what is it? An open drawer? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was when I knew that it was problematic. And I remember having to call my mom and my mom was like, girl, you better be careful around those open drawers. But it was filled with so much sarcasm. Mm. And I remember my family knowing what I was going through. And when I tell you, I had almost alienated myself from all of my family. And it would we would we would take a team like oh, they don't want to see you with me because X, Y, Z. And it was like, I was upset with people that were trying to help me out of the situation. Hmm. And basically, because I had gotten to a point where I was almost alienated or quote unquote beefed out with my family, the abuse became worse because, you know, in his mind, I didn't have anybody to go to. You know what I mean? So I know now when I'm speaking to other people who are in similar situations, as hard as it is, especially as a family member, you have to understand that nobody wants to see their friend or family going through that, but people, you have to allow people, because you could take them out and they might leave temporarily, but if they feel like they're in love with the person or they feel like nothing is wrong with it because it's become so normal, they'll keep going back, and sometimes that's why I said earlier, I'm not speaking for all situations, I don't ever want to make a blanket statement and not give a disclosure, but in some situations, it makes it worse because now you have the person covering for the abuser and making lies to the people that's being observant about what they're going through. And that's kind of a dangerous place for the victim to be in. Mm. So, you know, when you're helping somebody like that, sometimes your help is can just be as simple as whenever you're ready to talk, I'm here. Mm. Or when, you know, you can't go calling the police and sending the police over to people's house. I get it. And that's why I keep saying I don't want to make a blanket statement and say, oh, if you know somebody's over there getting, you know, beat horribly, but that can sometimes make the situation worse if they're not ready to leave. Right, right. And the safety of that person is what's most important. Yeah. Especially if there are kids involved too. Because you know, we see the news and it just seems like it's a lot of um like a lot of murder suicides happening or mm-hmm. just you know the uh the abuser is basically murdering their spouse in front of the kids. Yeah. And unfortunately sometimes the kids are become victims as well. So it's a really um, tough situation to be on the outside looking in on, but you always want to take into consideration that person's safety. Right. Make sure that the best way to do it is, you know, the best way is the safest and most strategic way also because you don't want to bring attention to, you know, whatever is going on either. So. Right. And because it's for the victim, I don't think a lot of people realize this either. It's embarrassing because the victim Mm -hmm. goes through a point of what's wrong with me? Why can't I get out of this situation? What? And, you know, I see and I know that every 
every situation is not the same, but I've seen so many um, statements about, oh, it, it doesn't do any good to get a restraining order. In some situations, it don't. But I can tell you this. In my situation, once I got a restraining order, that was the first step to somebody thinking, oh, you're never going to leave me. I'm never going to be able to do this. So now you know that I'm serious. Mm. I realize I'm no longer. So that's another thing. But I also, I do understand the rationale behind people saying, you know, because you do see a lot of these instances where it turns fatal and they do have a restraining order. So I do get it. I really, really do. But I think um, one of the biggest things I push when I'm like just about domestic violence awareness is people understanding the red flags to look for at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, because I'm a firm believer once you um, once you start letting the little stuff slide, you know, people, they already know I can go a little bit further with her. And I think that's with anything, good and bad, but definitely in abusive situations. Oh, I call her out of her name. Okay, cool. She's still here. Let me let me go a little bit further. And so um I I I know that that's hard for a lot of people. And the other thing about especially now is I know that we're quote unquote back to normal. I hate that term. But um domestic violence has increased during this pandemic you can't you can't make statements telling people that you know that are in bad situations you need to leave whoever alone because some people you have to think about and it's worse because there's a lot of financial hardships on people basically a lot of triggers on both sides so the incidence of domestic violence has definitely increased during this time and child abuse Mm -hmm. um so that's something else we have to be mindful of um, as people on the outside of other people's situations. But I definitely agree with what your mom told you. And that's something as a parent that I'm very, um, because it just wasn't something that was talked about when I was raised. Not that my parents did anything wrong. It just, you know what I mean? It wasn't like that wasn't a talk. And, and honestly, I, I was very rebellious so a lot of stuff my parents were telling me as a teenager I wasn't listening to anyway so mm-hmm. um but I tell my kids that and I tell my boys that as well like um because that's the other thing we we don't society tells boys that oh you're supposed to be the man and it's okay if um it's kind of normalized a little bit for men to be the more aggressive creature especially in a relationship let me say that mm-hmm so there's always the room for the line to be crossed if we don't have those conversations with like young men about what you can't do and young women too because like you said men are victims as well about what's right. not acceptable right and I really believe that a way that a lot of um just bullying domestic violence disrespect can be prevented is if we teach our boys and our girls at an early age how to respect others. And not only that, let them be able to um, get out their frustrations without telling them, oh, you man up. Because a lot of times, a lot of these people who are abusive, it's just a lot of pent up anger and emotions that they don't know how to deal with because they never were taught how to. So it's imperative that we need to start teaching our kids this, especially the earlier, the better, how to 
get out their emotion without just bottling it all in. Absolutely. And we also have to change the narrative about what love is. I, I think I've said this on previous episodes. One of the things that I hate seeing on social media, oh my God, I hate it. The no. couples who are meant to be together, <laughs> the couples who are meant to be together go through the most. I, I, cringe every time I see that because I know it's been using out of used out of context. Listen, I love my husband to life. Like, but when when I say the ones who I mean, um, we're gonna deal with death together as a couple. Um, you know, you like brown gravy, I like red gravy. You know, we're gonna have a disagreement. We were raised different. We but one of the quote unquote ride or die uh, I hate that one too, but like mm-hmm. ride or die is not going to include me being disrespected mm-hmm. and like me getting out of the situation that I was in and me growing. That's one of the things I learned. You cannot demand from people what you don't know how to give yourself. I didn't know how to respect myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know enough to say um, because we were raised to be in situations I love anybody that knows me know how I feel about my grandmother and grandfather my grandparents were married for 45 years and the um, the unfortunately is and this isn't specific to my grandparents but generations before us were taught like especially in the black community divorce is taboo I was like one of the first people in my family to get a divorce and mm. I was really young so you know what I mean it was like we supposed to be ride or die and stick it out. And I think the other conversation that we have to start having, especially in the black community is um, what is love and what is not love. Cause unfortunately we do push the narrative that, you know, Oh, we going to go through whatever ride or die, you know, and all of that. And I think that that is a lot of promotes a lot of the negative stigma um with it's okay for us to go through some of the abusive situations that we go through right right and that's good points that you're making because that's that seems like that's how it should be and then when you're that kind of person you're seen as being real and loyal and not fake whereas the whole time you're tearing yourself now just to uphold an image to a society that really doesn't care about you. Right. So to say. You know right. what I'm saying? So in society will have you believing that harder is the only way to get to better. And that's not true. Society will have you believing that you got to have 50 million jobs. You got to work hard, grind hard, hustle hard, you know, to, to reap benefits. Or you got to, you know, go through a lot of SHIT in a relationship so that y'all can withstand stuff. But if you got to, that's called resistance. And the more you have that going on in your life, the more you're going to attract the same thing. So life is not meant to be hard or, you know, hard or or you got to endure a lot of pain. But... We just got to get that out of out of our heads. We just got to get that out of the society because pre- I know, girl, and see, I know <laughs> getting out, I had to stop myself because I would go on and on and, you know, but I felt very much. And it's going to be the end of what I'm saying and it might not be received well. I'm, I've only ever been African-American, so I can only tell you what goes on in the black community. 
that is what we are taught and we not even just in relationships all around mm-hmm. our blessings are always on the other side of struggle yes so we can talk about let's that. pause right there and let's stop and we're gonna do a part two on this because i feel some things brewing up and we don't have enough time right now <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna post some links to resources for domestic violence victims right um this is like near and dear to me in case you haven't you know yeah. I t- I'm going to tell this before we get off of here this is actually our second time trying to um, record this and I told Siobhan I was having a mini panic attack yeah. we tried to record it the first time but I actually love talking about it because it's something that we don't talk about enough we have these think pieces on it whenever unfortunately you see in the news that somebody has lost, lost their life to domestic mm-hmm. violence um but Siobhan will tell you this from like probably the beginning of me meeting her. I'm never ashamed of what I went mm-hmm. through. And I hope that, you know, once I die, they put this on my tombstone or something. Like I live by like being a survivor of domestic violence to me is a mm-hmm. pillar for who I am as a woman today. So I, I wow. you know, that's like really near and dear to me. So, but we I'm are going to have to have a conversation about this whole struggle thing outside yeah. of relationships. Because listen. Listen, the next episode, the struggle does not have to be real. And there you have it. So, this has been a really good episode. Have fun chatting it up with you guys. So, And if time. you need help, let me say this again. If you need help, if you need to reach out to somebody the safest way possible, you don't have to suffer alone. Do it safely on your timing. And please, like I, I will say it again, safely. And if you don't know where to start, if if you don't if you don't know if you're in an abusive relationship or you don't know where you where to start to get out of it, inbox one of us. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't. I, sometimes you have to go to somebody that don't know you because sometimes right. you, you don't need your family reminding you that he bought you, you know, a seven series BMW. So, right. You know, I'm always open um i'm on social media more than i should be so you know (laughs) yeah but we want the best for everyone and if you're listening to this episode and you're going through something maybe this is your sign to reach out yes open and there's definitely life after an abusive relationship right and we're praying for you all yep all right, so until next time, you guys. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> right, I, I don't know. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>